us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Good morning, everyone. Come on in, come on in, come on in. Welcome to Sutherland Springs. Thanks for being here to worship with us this morning. We're going to go ahead and get started as we normally do with a song. So if you guys would like to to rise and sing with us, uh, we're going to start with I Know Whom I Believed. And the words will be up on the screen. Grace to me, He has made known. Nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for His own. But I know I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I committed. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to see everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. And I, I do hope and pray that you've had a great Christmas, but that you most of all, you have been persuaded to follow the one that we were celebrating his birth this week. Amen. Good to see everybody this morning. We do have folks who are traveling, some who are still out of town with, with uh, uh, the festivities for this week. They took off from one holiday to the next. Also, too, we got quite a few that are out ill today, so we want to make sure to remember them in prayer also. But no better way to start any service than to lift up our brothers and sisters, and that is in prayer. So if you would, bow your heads with me and let's go to the Lord. Father God, I do come before you this morning. Thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together in your house. It's been a great morning already with the fellowship and with the Sunday school class. And God, it's just been a great morning already. I look forward to what you're going to do here now. Be with those that couldn't be here, whether it's for illness. I pray you put a hand upon their body and heal them and make them feel better, Lord God. Or whether it's their traveling and spending time with family. Wherever they may be, may they feel your presence. And and Lord, we thank you that you can be both here and there at the same time. So God, just speak to them. Let them feel your presence and let them know that their brothers and sisters here are praying for them. And God, we just give you all praise, honor, and glory. And if there is someone here today that does not know you, if there's someone who has yet to bow that knee, maybe they've been coming to church, but they've never truly surrendered their heart onto you. Before that something was to happen to, to cause them to do so, may they just choose to do so. May they choose life before it's too late. May they put their faith in you. And may your will be done. Lord, we just give you the praise and glory for it all. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Take a quick second. Walk around. Shake somebody's hand. Give them a hug. But most of all, just let them know it's good to see them in God's house. Check, check, test, test. One, two. One, two, three, four. We got no drum monitor. Check, check, test, test. Is the battery dead, maybe? Huh? Is the battery dead? Check, check, test, test. One, two. We need the drum monitor.
Testing, testing, one, two, three. Can you hear me? Am I not on? Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. I think I'm on now. Can you hear me? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on, Tim. Testing, one, two, three. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Okay. Sorry, guys, we're having technical difficulties, so... You missed, missed the song there, girls. Y'all need to stay over there with your mom. Okay, so, how'd you like that walk-around song? Wasn't it great? <laughs> it, was, it was out there so into the ethereal realm, you didn't even notice you were listening to it. Y'all aren't going to buy that. Okay, we'll go into announcements. While they work on this, we do have quite a few announcements this morning to put out there. Everybody? As I get to the announcements here, there we go. I know y'all used to the music stopping and getting down in there, but we do have a few announcements. We are having some technical difficulties with the soundboard, but we're going to go on with this. The business meeting, January 19th, our annual business meeting, I want to encourage everyone to come. It is a time we have lunch, a fellowship, and you can hear where the church has been and where we're headed and what the Lord's doing in, in, in the meantime. Uh, the different ministries that are going on. So I encourage you to come be a part of the business meeting. That is Sunday, January 19, and right after the service. So we'll have a great day to th- together on that. Also, too, Sherry Kay is out ill. She has the flu and not feeling well. I want to encourage you to keep lifting her up in prayer. In the meantime, I'm just going to give a quick report on the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. As you know, we exceeded our goal. We blew it apart. We got one more Sunday to go. We have one more Sunday to go. And right now we are at 2,750, I think it was. Amen. I think that's the number. We'll get with Sherry, but I think that's what she told me. So praise God for that. A couple more things I want to point out here before I turn this over to a couple other folks. We have a, the River City Community Church. If you remember after the anniversary of the tragedy, the folks that came with the big grills and a couple of trailers and cooked burgers and everything, they are, they are having a men's steak night, January 10th. Friday night, it's a steak dinner. They're going to be cooking all the steaks out on the grill. Uh, David Colbath is going to be one of the guest speakers that are there, that is going to be there that evening. So I want to encourage the men, if you would like to go and support David and have a good steak dinner and just a great time of fellowship that Friday evening, it, it's uh, going to be $15 a person. You can pay at the door, but Ian would like to know how many people are coming. So men, I want you to pray about that. If you would like to go January 15th to enjoy a good steak dinner and listen to some music and things and just a great time of ministry and support David, get with Ian and let him know or get with me and I can let Ian know. And that way they can get a head count how many steaks to buy and how many steaks to put on the grill from Sutherland Springs area coming up there as well. So that is January 10th. I'll make sure that gets into the bulletin. Uh, 
so that you guys will have more reminders for that as well. Okay, before I turn it over to Tim, we have a special speaker going to be here for a couple of minutes, and it's, it's uh, Sarah Kennedy's son, Elijah Kennedy, and he, he is with Tri Grace Ministries. He's going to come share with us just a couple of minutes. Let me pray with you, brother. Father God, I lift up Elijah to you right now, Elisha to you right now, and just ask the Lord that you just hold him in your hand, and may we hear you through him, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, brother. No, it should be on. We're having some sound stuff. quick rundown. Uh, I'm a missionary up in Utah right now. God called me to the mission field up in Utah. I got hired at my job, went four years, ended up talking to a Mormon person, got interested in it. I was like, well, what is this all about? Uh, Got real deep in the muck of all of their history and whatnot and had a friend who I also worked with said, well, there's some people who go to my church up in San Antonio who actually do missions directly to the Mormon people up in Utah every year. So I got in touch with them, and then it turns out that a, another guy in San Antonio runs an entire ministry called Evidence Ministries. You can look him up. We're going to see a video of him shortly, uh, quickly explaining and then kind of debunking at the same time the Mormon baseline faith. And uh, I, go to, I go to Utah to this uh, miracle pageant they have. It's a reenactment of several scenes from the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith, uh, start witnessing the Mormons. It, uh, it really made me turn an eye on my own faith and really examine myself and find out where I was. And it truly pushed me to become a true and solid Christian, to know my Bible, to know who God really was. Upon coming back to Texas after the week that I was in Utah, I, I talked to my boss. I'm like, hey, I think I may be quitting my job. And he said, well, why? Uh, to go be a missionary up in Utah. He was like, oh, you're a Mormon? I was like, no, the other way around, a <laughs> missionary to the Mormons, not a Mormon missionary. He said, oh, that's interesting, because I'm a Mormon, or I used to be a Mormon, married my wife, ended up being a Catholic, and uh, I was like, weird, that's interesting, because a small history behind that, he wasn't actually supposed to be my boss. When I went in to get hired, I was supposed to have another boss, but he wasn't there, so he ended up hiring me instead of the other guy hiring me. So looking back, just the more people were involved in my life for the past five years, and it's just an incredible thing. I was like, I, this is where God's calling me to be. So that's where I am right now. I just came back from a five-month stint working with Trigrace Ministries, who is a ministry that works in a, runs a coffee shop that is across the street from a predominantly Mormon community college called Snow College, named after one of their uh, prophets or presidents of the church. And uh, we build relationships with students through almost just building friendships and talking to the people, finding out where their doubts and 
their doubts and where their hope is because it turns out it, as you find out more about Mormons, they have very they have such little hope because of their entire works based system of religion. Essentially, they're cracked Christianity, as I typically refer to it as. Uh, if we could play that first video with the guys, be or you know what? Here's the uh, cafe that I work at. Yeah, you can you can roll this one. It is a boutique coffee shop. The quick flyby right here, you're going to see a couple pieces of uh, archaeology. This is referred to as the Bible Museum. Uh, the Bible Museum there is an incredible piece of uh, conversation starter and a big part of a Mormon's disbelief in or belief in the Book of Mormon is that the Bible itself is mistranslated because over the years there's been translation after translation, plain and precious truths get lost, but we have all of this archaeology to say the things that happen in the Bible, there's physical evidence, and it's all right here in front of you. It, much of it, I think about 90% of it is actually from Israel. One of the guys who started the cafe is a uh, hobby archaeologist, and he has amazing connections over there. And this here is Keith Walker. He, is, he runs his ministry out of San Antonio. He's an incredibly uh, sharp guy. So if you could go ahead and roll that. First of all, do you believe that the LDS Church is the only true church on the face of this earth? Absolutely not. <laughs> not even close. Okay. Uh, no, we define the words completely differently. When they say church, they're talking about an organization. They're talking about uh, a group of people, a specific... De- uh, they don't even call themselves a denomination. They're it. They're the one true church. And everybody else who claims the name of Christ, they're apostates. Apostate Christianity at best. So, no, we don't believe that at all. And one of the reasons why we do not believe that they are the only true church is because they claim to have restored it from the first century. After the apostles died, uh, the first church fell away. And, uh, And here we have the words of Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It says, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the question that I love to ask Mormons is, if the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, why was there this supposed universal apostasy? Why would the church need to be restored uh, if you've, you've got the church going on through the centuries? Of course, they don't believe that, though. So if you don't have the church going on throughout the centuries, we've got a problem here. Yeah. Either, either the Mormon church is saying that it was restored, in which case it had to have fallen away, or Jesus was right when he said that his church would not fall, that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Well, in essence, what you're trying to say is if you... That's a quick summary of what the LDS church is and believes. Now, most of the students that I interact with through the coffee shop ministry there in Ephraim, Utah, uh, are typically people who have walked away from the LDS faith, but much of their understanding of the Bible and their background is based inside of that LDS misunderstanding. Uh, LDS is the Latter-day uh, Saints. Uh, is based upon their misunderstanding of basic biblical scripture and the lies that they've been fed through the LDS church. So having an understanding of this incredible background and just 
making sure that we are preaching the gospel to them in a clear, concise manner is incredibly important. And today I'd like to come to y'all and ask for a whole lot of prayers because Utah as the state as a whole is desperately, terribly lost. It's a incredibly dark valley in our generally Christian country. And if you have any more questions or you'd like to talk to me or uh, support, I'll be in the back sanctuary at the end of the service. Thank you all. those missionaries into the dark places where within the United States. He has handouts and flyers he'll give you when you leave today if you'd like to, or get with him, pray with him, pray with his ministry, or find out what the ministry is. Tim, come on up, brother. brother to you and I just pray that you just uh, give him a peace now as he's going to share with us the scripture you've laid on his heart to share this morning as well. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you brother. Thank you. Bear with me a little bit. This is uh, last minute for me and it, I don't usually work that way but God had something else in mind this morning I think. You know we all had a pretty busy Christmas. I'm sure everybody can relate with the hustle and bustle that comes with that and uh Hopefully with this new year we can keep things a little simpler. So I was thinking about scripture all this past, you know, past week with all this Christmas stuff going on. And, and uh, I had a couple of good messages I thought that I was going to deliver to you, and, and, or at least one, and maybe another one another time. And uh, then I realized, uh, shoot, I'm putting myself before I'm putting the Lord. Because when I was looking at the message, I went, I've got these ideas in my mind, but I haven't even looked at scripture. I haven't even opened my Bible. I'm so busy with all this hubbub going around, all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm coming to church. I'm listening to the Word. I'm listening to the message Pastor Frank preached. I'm here last Sunday. And I'm, but then it got into family and all this other time, and I thought, man, I missed something. I missed my morning, waking up, open up the Bible, let God speak to me. So, doggone it. <laughs> like I said, I had these messages, but then I, I got this. I just woke up early. I woke up about 5 this morning and. and uh, Shoot, we had a late night last night with, with all family and a big, big Christmas deal with our family last night. Anyway, opened up the Bible this morning and, and realized that how busy and uh, that I was relying on myself. And, and uh, like I said, instead of reading Scripture first and letting God lead me, I was, I was putting myself first. So um, as I opened up this morning, he put it on my heart, and I just started reading through um, some different Scriptures. And I've got three for you this morning. Hopefully it'll make our life... Uh, Something to think about, maybe make it a little simpler this year, um, and, and maybe put him back on your hearts first. Um, the first one is Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If you seek him first, his, he promises to meet all our needs. I'm sorry I have to read some of my notes. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to look through some of it. So what does it mean to, to uh, seek him first? In my mind, I believe you've got to start your day with that. I think you've got to pray and read, look in his word. Praise him and ask him for guidance and direction and help, you know. And then I think, uh, for me, I like to confess my sins, you know, because I blow it. I think we can all agree that most of the time we all blow it sometime. So seek his grace in your time of need. The second one that he led me to is in Luke. 
2242. Not my will, but thine be done. I have, to, I have to say that I think that I was putting my agenda before his agenda. I think we need to live a life to please Jesus and not to please ourselves. It means obeying him and doing what he says. Don't let fleshly desires control you. Let Jesus control you. Invest your time, your talents, and your resources in the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of self. And the last one I had was Colossians 2.3 that he led me to. In him, some, some uh, versions will say, whom or Christ are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The two treasures of life, love, joy, peace, fulfillment, true success, are only found, I believe, in Jesus. Spend your time seeking him. Put Jesus first every day, and he will live, bless your life abundantly in return. Let's pray. Father, you make all things new. You bring hope alive in our hearts. Thank you for this new year and all the potential it has. Shine your light in us and through us and over us. May we make a difference in this world for your glory and purposes, not ours. I pray we reflect your peace, hope to a world that desperately needs your presence and healing. To you be all glory, honor in this new year. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen, amen. Sometimes, like right now, it's kind of hard to come up and follow that. Almost. <laughs> I'm thinking, now I'm going to put you to sleep. He woke you up, I'm going to put you to sleep. It's a simple message this morning, but turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3 this morning. Philippians chapter 3. Last year at this time of the year, some of you may have been saying that things were going to be different this coming year. Those are the kind of things we say. I'm going to change. I'm going to be a better spouse. I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm, I'm going to spend more time reading my Bible. I'm going to spend more time praying to God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to spend more time serving others. This is, this is going to be the year that I get all my ducks in a row. That's what we tend to say this week between Christmas and New Year's. I have to wonder, just by a show of hands, how many people stuck to their New Year's resolutions last year? Really? Well, there's a few. There's a few. Praise the Lord. Well, you know what they say about New Year's resolutions. They go in one year and out the other. But anyway... <laughs> Come on, I need I need Raquel for the drum roll, the 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 but up being at the end of that one. I was looking at an article this past week in the top five New Year's resolutions made every year. The fifth one was to pick up a new hobby. Fourth one was to make more money. The third one was to improve my relationships with all those people around me. The second one was to stop smoking. I bet you all can guess what the number one resolution was. Lose weight. That's right. That's the that's our number one resolution. It seems, you know, there's a, a, a little illustration, a little humor here. The there was a lady who walked into the bathroom one day and she saw her husband standing on the scale, weighing himself, and he was sucking in his stomach. And she looked at him. She thought, you know, this is kind of silly. And she rather sarcastically uh, said, you know, honey, that's not going to help you any sucking in your stomach. And he said, of course it is. How else could I see the numbers? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we tend to forget our resolutions, do we not? There is this some resolutions that, that sound so good in the beginning, but we get overindulgent during the holiday time, and we, we make all these resolutions to change the habits in our life. Well, We'll, we'll say we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And that new year brings that opportunity. And so we, we, we get this new fresh start. Spring is in the air because it's going to be coming here soon. We're, we're at the new year. Therefore, I can change these habits. But so oftentimes we forget. We come to the, the middle of January and we forgot what those resolutions were. And slowly but surely we go back to our old ways. In fact, I bet many of us can't even remember what our New Year's resolutions were last year. Now, some of you guys that held your hands up, praise God for you. But many of us, we forgot what they even were. Our memories tend to get very flighty in, with time. I, I, I know there's too many jokes this morning, but they just all are piling in my head. There's, as I'm thinking about remembering, there was a man who was getting on in years, so he moved to a community, to, uh, uh, assisted living community, to spend the rest of his life there and have time there. And it wasn't long until he started making lots of friends with the, the people of the community. And as he was 
hanging out there and just meeting more people, there was one certain somebody who just seemed to take up more of his time. And he was attracted to her and she was attracted to him. And they spent more and more time together. And one day he said, you know, it's time. And he finally proposed. He asked her to marry him. Well, the next morning he woke up and he remembered making the the proposal, but he couldn't remember what her answer was. So he starts searching for her. He goes out and he finds her and he says, you know, honey, I'm, I'm really incredibly embarrassed to ask you this, but I proposed to you last night and I just can't remember if you said yes or no. And she said, oh, thank goodness. I remembered saying yes, but I couldn't remember who asked me. <laughs> okay, that's enough of the jokes. I won't go there anymore. <laughs> I won't go there anymore, but... I just want to point out how funny our resolutions can be sometimes and how horrible our memory can be with those resolutions. And as I was thinking about them, oftentimes our resolutions that we make, if we were to categorize them, would fall into one of three categories. Things that make us look better or or live longer, things that make us have more, or sometimes things that will just help us get along with everybody. But is that true biblical resolutions? Because you see... If we're really going to make resolutions, we need to make something that is is not only pertinent, but something that is solid, something that is biblical, something that will truly help us with all the others. And I was praying about that. If I was to really go forthright into what a resolution would be, where should those resolutions come from? I thought about the scripture, and then I thought about the one resolution that really resonates is that we should put our past behind us and move ahead towards the goal. In Philippians chapter 3, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. In other words, this is something that he has resolved in his heart to do. Something that we all should resolve in our hearts to do. Forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Jesus Christ. Putting the past behind me and keeping my eyes forward to the goal ahead of me, striving to be what God has called me to be. All the rest of the things will fall into line where they need be if we will keep our eyes on the prize. God is the giver, guys. God is the giver of of, of all wonderful and new things. Anything that has any power or pertinence or importance in our life comes from God. And we come to him by faith in Christ, and he gives us a new birth. Hallelujah. He gives us a, 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 a new nature, a new heart, a new life. In fact, my brother Elijah was up here speaking a while ago, and one of the things he shares with the Mormons there in Utah is that they can have a new hope, a real hope, a new task. Those new things are brought on by a relationship in Christ. And then at the end, he gives us a new body and a new home called heaven. Hallelujah. In a few days, God is giving us a new year. That means the new start of some some new endeavor for many of us. We may not have done so well with the old. I'm not saying that we need to go and dwell and beat ourselves up for what we've done in our past. Well, I'm not saying that we should go and beat other people up for what they've done in their past. The past is the past. But we have a new chance for a new start with a new year. And this time we have a, a, a new decade, the 2020 decade coming on. We can start new. 
In our text, we see Paul's looking at two different things that he has resolved himself to do. He looks backwards. He thinks of all that he has suffered for Christ. He thinks of all the things he's done for Christ. He's done so much by this point in his life. He he has been through so much by this point in his life. There's been so much that's transpired in his life. But yet, though he has suffered for Christ and thinks he has accomplished for them, for him as well, he says, I am putting all that behind me. I resolved to understand that the past is in the past. And then looking forward, he dedicated himself to move forward to accomplish the task that Christ has set before him. Folks, I would submit to you this morning that in like manner, that's what we should do. Sure, it's great to quit smoking. It's great to lose weight. We need to do these things. We need to do the things that help the, the, this body and to help the body of Christ and to help people around us. But the, way, the greatest way we can help others and help ourselves is to quit worrying about the past, repent and, for, and ask God's forgiveness, and look forward to the goal that's ahead and say, God, what have you set before me and how do you plan on me getting there? What can I do this coming year to be even closer to what it is you've called me to do? How can I move to do greater and better things for you? This message is, is, is rather simple to say, yet hard for us to do. It's, hard, it's simple to say, oh yeah, I got to live for Jesus. But sometimes it's a little more difficult to do, and that's why I broke it down. This new year, if we truly are committing ourselves to doing what it is that God has called us to do, to be that better Christian, to strive for the goals that he has put before us, the first thing that I would pre- pre- present to you this morning would be that we need to come to him in repentance. It doesn't matter where you've been. I'm saying take where you've been and put it in his hands. Amen? We need to commit now to repent. Now, I understand the first th- when I say repentance, the first thing that comes to everybody's mind, well, that's the first step to God. Hallelujah. A man can never have a personal relationship with God until he first repents. He turns from his sin and he turns to God. I understand that that is a, a, a tenet of salvation. I understand that that is a, a primary point, a primary focus point. That the, 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 the connection with the repentance is in Christ for salvation. But folks, let me share with you this morning. There is repentance for the Christian as well. It's not a one-time thing. It's not that, okay, Lord, I was a heathen and a hellion and I lived my life for the world and I accepted you and I, I repented of that and, and now I'm, I don't ever have to repent again. No. Repent, repentance, guys, brings us into a, a right standing with God. And I'm not saying that one-time repentance, it may be, uh, some of, we should do it at least daily, but some of us might be even minutely repenting. You know, we got stuff bouncing around in our heads. We're like, oh, Lord, I don't know where that came from. You see, folks, sin uh, alters our position with God. When we have not repented, we are not in the right position that we are supposed to be. Repentance restores that fellowship. When we repent and say, God, forgive me for what I have done, and, and, and lay that out before him and mean it. I'm not saying just with words. I say, mean it. That's what restores the, that relationship. Adam and Eve, think about it, when they When they were in the, in the garden, it says in the cool of the evening, they walked with God. What an incredible thing. But once they sinned, that was gone. Once they sinned, there, there was a barrier put up there. There was a, a sweet fellowship with God. They, they had that fellowship with him every day. But once they sinned, it was gone. Folks, 
you can be saved. You can, have, you can have truly asked God to come to your life and lose the joy of your salvation. Now, I'm not saying you lost your salvation. I'm saying you lost the joy of that salvation. How do you lose the joy of that salvation? Because you're not in the right place with God. There are, there are sins in your life that you have not repented of. You may be sitting there right now and God's bringing things to mind that you need to, to lay out on the altar before him. There's things in our lives that you may not be very happy about. Things that he is not very happy about. You know, when David sinned before the Lord, it says that for a long time, he was a dour person. He, his, he just wasn't very happy and he wasn't praying about it. And as long as he wasn't praying about it, he wasn't happy. But when he finally turned his eyes to the Lord, when he finally looked up to God and said, I am that man, when he finally professed his sin before God and asked forgiveness, when he finally broke that silence that he had between him and the Lord, it says that the floodgates of heaven opened up upon him. Hallelujah. Folks, it is the same thing for you and I today. A sinning Christian is, is, is going to be miserable until things are right with God. Until you get your life straight between you and him. As long as that sin is made obvious out there and you're not repenting of it, there's a hurdle between you and him and you're not in the right position. And there's going to be heartache and there's going to be pain. Now you may be here this morning and say, well, pastor, I'm, I haven't done anything. I'm, I'm not doing anything bad. Well, maybe there's neglect that you need to repent of. Because so many times, too, we... we, we may not have indulged in open sin, but we committed to read our Bibles. We committed to walk our, our lives for him. We committed to walk a pathway for him. We committed to doing these Christian duties for him. And, and we started well. When we came to Christ, we vowed to do these things, and we start real well. But the job comes in, soccer practice, things just take up our time, stuff happens. And before you know it, there's all these other things vying for your time, and all of a sudden you realize this new year coming up, this last year, you didn't do any of the things God intended you to do. You were going to read your Bible more, did you? You were going to read through the Old Testament, did you? I was going to go and volunteer up at the kitchen or at the, the yard work or driving a bus or something. I, God had these different mission ideas that he wanted you to do. And, and now you're sitting here almost January 1st and you realize, I never did those things. I started well, I had a good plan, but I didn't follow through. Or maybe you're here this morning, and I think more Christians are guilty of this sin than any other, but you have a wrong spirit about you. You know, you would be offended if I, if I ever dared to say that you went to a wrong place, or you were a, a stumbling block to your brother, or you, you neglected your, your spiritual duties. You would say, no, I am, I am morally pure. I haven't done any of those things. But what about your heart? So many times we all have this outward appearance, this facade of doing everything well. But if our heart is filled with hatred or malice or anger towards our brother and sister, that's a hurdle between you and God. And that is not going to allow you to be in that right standing. Folks, what I'm trying to say this morning is one of the things that we should commit to do, one of the things we should resolve to do within our hearts this coming new year is to put the past behind us, start afresh and anew, committed to do and be what God has called us to be. And the first thing to do to do that would be to repent of whatever it is that God's bringing up in your heart and mind right now. 
Rather than thinking about your husband or your spouse or your children, think about you. What the old song says, Lord, it's me in need of prayer, O Lord. It's not my brother, my sister, my mother, my father. It's me, O Lord, in need of prayer. And David cried out unto the Lord. He said, Lord, show me my heart. Show me the error of my ways. If you're sitting here this morning and you think, I have nothing to repent of, ask God to show you. I bet that list gets so long you won't remember it all. The first thing we should commit to do this new year is repent and say, Lord, here I am. I'm choosing to turn my back on these things that I've been a part of and turn back to you and lock hands with you. I choose to turn away from the world and back to that relationship with you, oh God. If we really want to kick off our new year well, then it means stepping away from the worldly ideas. It means stepping away from the worldly concerns. It means stepping into his faith, stepping into his position, and then make a resolve. One of the things we've been studying in Sunday school for the last few weeks in Daniel, the main lesson in Daniel It says that he purposed in his heart. He resolved in his heart to stand for God. Folks, the number one thing you can do is repent and then resolve in your heart to make a stand for him. That's what Daniel did. He was carried into captivity as a young boy. He was was trained to become one of the king's counselors. He was in the midst of all the worldly things and the worldly things were being handed him and given to him. Yet rather than disobey God, The scripture says very clearly, he vowed in his heart not to defile himself. Folks, if we really want a good new year, a happy new year like we wish for one another, the thing we need to do is resolve in our hearts, purpose in our hearts, that we are going to stand for who Christ is. And when we stand for who Christ is, you know what's going to happen? People are going to see that. And you're going to start being used by God to change other people's lives. When you repent of your sin, you've removed the hurdle between you and God so that you can hear him more clearly. And then all of a sudden you resolved in your heart to listen and do what he tells you to do. People are going to see that and you're going to say, wow, I'm being used by God. And then little by little, more by more, that spirit of God comes into your life. And like we sang a while ago, I no longer have a spirit of fear for I am a child of God. I don't have to be afraid of how I walk and where I walk anymore. I don't have to be afraid of what I say and who I say it to anymore. Why? Because if I am doing what God has called me to do, then I'm going to say and do what God has called me to say and do wherever he takes me to say and do it. And I can walk with my head held high, not self-righteously, because then I'd have to repent for that pride. But I can walk with my head held high because I am a child of God. I am a prince to a kingdom greater than this world. Folks, every one of us in here that knows Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we are co-heirs to the throne of God. You are princes and princesses. And even though the world may try to tell you otherwise, and it brings fear into your life, if you will purpose in your heart, I'm not saying that fear will go away and and you won't have that, that natural fear, but you can stand in the midst of your fear and courageously proclaim, thus saith the Lord. Because of who he is in you. When you repent and get in that right position with God and resolve in your heart to be what God has called you to be, then I'm going to say there's one more thing you need to do. That you repent and you resolve in your heart and then remember. Remember who he is. 
Because when you make that kind of stand, Satan's going to see you. The world's going to see you. And Satan's going to say, I need to take this one out of the play. I need to do something to trip this one back up. I need to knock this one back down into his worldly ways. Folks, it's then that we need to remember, I can never repay all that Christ has done for me. But because he died for me, because he knew that I sinned, and and though I deserved the wrath of God to come upon me, though I was in the midst of my sin, he still chose to go to that cross for me. When you remember how and what he did for you, when you remember that he died for you, and you've committed and purposed in your heart to live for him, you'll be able to make that stand. When the, when the, when the, the greatest threat comes against you and you don't know where to turn and you remember what he has done for you, that's when you remember my, my, my happiness and richest rewards doesn't come from the stuff around me. It doesn't come from material things. It doesn't come from an athletic body. It doesn't come from a, a, a great steak dinner. The most and greatest richest rewards comes from heaven. And if I remember that my rewards comes from heaven, then the things of this earth will not frighten me. And if the things of this earth will not frighten me and I resolved in my heart to live for him because I've repented of my past, then I can make a stand and fear no longer has a home. That's how you have a happy new year, guys. It's not all the, the, the small resolutions. I pray you if you make those that you keep them, but the greatest resolve that you need to make is to stand for Christ. People are looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Oh, country song just went through my head. Sorry. Now I can't get it out. (laughs) Okay, looking for... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my goodness. The world is looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Real happiness comes from heaven. It comes from the glory. The glory of God. Folks, when we remember... That this is our life that God has given us. That, and also, too, that this life is temporal. This is but a short time on this side of glory. When I repent and move the, the hurdles out of the way and come into a right standing with God again, when I allow myself to get in a position where I am right with the Lord and I have resolved in my heart that I am going to choose to walk for Him and I remember what He has done for me, and therefore I choose to remember that I will live for him, then I'll also remember I don't know how long I have here. And therefore the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour of his return. I will do that every day then. Because I want to be found when he returns, being that one that has resolved in his heart to live for him. I want to be the one that's found that it's already repented, resolved to live for him, remembered what he has done for me, and go out and be standing for him when he returns. Or maybe he's going to call me home this day. I don't know how long I have on this side of glory. But if I will choose to make my New Year's resolution one of putting the past behind me by repenting and looking to God, resolving in my heart and remembering who he is, then I will be able to walk every day the way he has told me to walk. There's a story of two store owners, two merchants. They both go to a revival meeting and there's been a feud between them, and it's gotten rather bitter sometimes between the two of them and their, their business occupations as they've been competitors one with another. They both go to this revival meeting, and one of the gentlemen, he accepts Christ. And he, and he, and he walks out of there, and he says, I, I, I've accepted Christ. I'm, I'm going to change who I am. 
Well, a few days into the, the revival meeting, the other man has a strong conviction on his heart. But he thinks, wow, you know, maybe it's a, just a game. Because if I try to go soft and he comes back and he really didn't change, he can take my business. He'll, he'll do all these things. You know what? I'm just going to watch him. If he can do this Christian walk for a year, then, then I'll give my heart to the Lord. I'm going to watch him and just see what happens. And, and if everything goes well for him, then I will become a Christian. What he watched as this man's life completely changed in front of him. He saw his, his social life change. He saw his business life change. He saw his everyday life change. And he's watching this man. And at the end of that, second, uh, at the end of that year, that second man comes up to him and says, You know, I really did something dumb. And the first man looked at him and said, what's that? He said, I could have lost my life. I could have, there, there's no telling what could have happened. And I might not have been able to achieve what I needed to achieve in Jesus Christ because I chose to watch you instead. But because of your life, I have now chosen, I'm giving my life to Christ as well. Hallelujah. That's a true story. But here's what I wanted to bring that story up to you for. And though it may not seem fair, and you may say, well, that's not, that's not fair. I shouldn't have to live that way. It may not seem fair. But if you really want to have a blessed new year, then I would submit to you this morning, live your life like somebody else's salvation depends on it. Live your life like somebody else's salvation depends on it. Make a proclamation in your heart today. Make that commitment. Resolve in your heart today that I choose to repent and come into the right standings with God. I choose to resolve to stand with purpose and character in who I am. And I choose to remember that he died for me, therefore I will live for him. When I think of those things, I will walk in a fashion that people are going to notice. And if I realize and know that people are noticing my walk in Christ, that doesn't mean become self righteous and arrogant it means i need to walk this walk because their salvation may depend on it it may not seem fair it wasn't fair that christ hung on the cross for me but if god is going to use me which he will when i've come into a right relationship with him then i need to understand to be used by him i need to be used to the best of my ability folks you may not realize it but there are other people watching you there are people you don't even know they're saying, oh, you go to that church out there in Sutherland Springs. I heard about that church out there. That, I hear the spirits moving out there, but I see you acting like the world. I guess it's not real. Or on the other hand, they may say, man, where are you getting all this? Oh, you go to that church in Sutherland Springs. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's where the Holy Spirit's moving. I, I want what you have. And you can then say, well, you can have it, brother, because he's not just in Sutherland Springs. He's in San Antonio, Houston, Dallas. All the places you think are the, are the worst places in the world, maybe. Say, God is still there. He just needs the Christians to stand up and proclaim it. Folks, here's the thing. The message is simple this morning. If you really want a happy new year, make a resolution that you will keep. How will you keep it? First, you have to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can't because you're not part of that relationship. He's looking to you, but you're not looking to him. Jesus Christ came and he said, Whosoever believes in me, that I am the Son of God, that I was killed in the propitiation for man's sins, in the, in the place of man, in other words. But I rose again on the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave. Anyone who believes I am the Son of God and I rose again, so shall they be saved. 
If you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the number one thing to do. That's the primary thing that will make your new year a better year. That will bring true joy into your heart is when you truly accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm not asking how long you've been in church. I'm saying have you truly accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Can you give a testimony like Miss Gloria did earlier? That it grows sweeter every day. I guarantee you this body doesn't grow sweeter every day. It pops and hurts more every day. But my relationship with Christ does. And he will with you as well if you know him. And if you're here and you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then your New Year's proclamation needs to be, yeah, I did all kinds of ugly in the past maybe. Or maybe I just did a little bit of this. Or I had anger in my heart. Whatever it is that God has brought to your mind, you don't have to tell me. You can go to him and say, Father, I hear you. And I'm asking you to forgive me, and I want to turn away from that today. You get in right standing with God again and resolve in your heart not to defile yourself again and go forth into this world and say, I remember he died for me, therefore I'm going to remember to live for him. That is the New Year's resolution that will bring a happy new year. So where are you this morning? This altar will be open. Maybe you need to come and lay that stuff at the altar. Maybe you, maybe you need to get on your knees right where you're at this morning. Maybe you need to grab a brother or sister and ask them to pray with you. Whatever it is that you need to clear out that junk in your, in your heart and just say, God, here it all is. You may be saying that there's so much in there, Pastor, it'll take me hours. Isn't it great that our God doesn't sleep? Just give it to him. Maybe he's telling you to go to the park and just sit by the, by the creek and just let it all out. Maybe he's telling you to go home and just kneel beside your bed. If he is talking to you, he's not telling you to confess during the Dallas game. Don't turn the game on. Get your heart right with God first. Where are you this morning? If God's speaking to you, will you listen you really want a happy new year? You really want to make a resolution that you have the capability of keeping through the power of God? Then make it to him, not to yourself. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would love to speak to you this morning. I'd love to help lead you in that prayer, but you don't need me to. Now, I will say, if you pray that prayer back there, that you are a sinner in need of grace, and you ask God to come into your life and wash you and cleanse you and forgive you, and you mean it, hallelujah. But he also says that he who professes me before men, so shall I profess before the Father. But he who denies me before men, I shall be ashamed of before the Father. Where are you this morning? Father God, I just come before you today and just thank you for this opportunity to gather in your house. Thank you for your gift of grace where we can ask forgiveness. Lord, you tell us to repent, not with just our mouths, but with our hearts, with our actions, with who we are. You ask us to go forth and just lay it all out before you and that you have big shoulders and you'll pick it all up and you'll scatter it as far as the east is from the west when we truly give it over to you. So God, I lay this at your feet today in this, this service and ask you, Lord, to, to speak into the individual hearts of your people that are here. 
each one of us, may we hear the word that you have for us to hear that we need to repent of so we can start this new year with a clean slate. Not looking back, as Paul said, but looking ahead at the goals that you've set before us. May we purpose in our hearts to look for the goal that you have set and pursue it with all we are. And God, there may be some in here that have got people around them that's going to try to hamper and hinder. Some willingly, some unbeknowingly. May you send a guiding light and an angel to clear that path and let them see how to say and what to do. Both the hinderer and the hindered. May they feel your presence. God, I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to come to this altar, come to this altar. If you want me to pray with you or Brother Warren or David, somebody pray with you, will you come down and just open your heart and let's do and be what God's called us to do and be this morning as we sing to it. Princes and paupers, sons and daughters, kneel at the throne of grace. Loser and winners, saints and sinners, one day we'll see His face.
Good seeing everybody this morning. I pray that I know that it's been a little bit of a longer service, but what a great way to kick off a new year. Amen? In God's house. So I, I pray that you have a wonderful week, a wonderful New Year's. And the class tonight is at 6. We're in Ezekiel still. I want to encourage you to come out to class this evening if you got an opportunity. But wherever you go today, remember to keep looking up, keep giving Him praise, keep giving Him glory, and know that God is in control. Amen? Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise God for each one of you. Um, Mr. Colbath, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Father, we come to you again today, and we thank you for this year that you have been We look forward to the year in front of us. We look forward to being in your will. Knowing it takes nothing except a form of repentance looking to you.
Open for the world to see Nobody but Jesus So let me go down, down, down In history Down in history As another God But Jesus, I'm just a nobody. Do me a favor and switch those two lines again. Switch the green and what, whatever's plugged.